Welcome. Hey, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 102 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is The Future of Compliance. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And before we get started, two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast and give the podcast a five-star rating. Second, a moment of gratitude. Uh, This is my 102nd episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and I want to take a moment to thank everyone who supports our podcast, listeners, subscribers, clients, and others. I started the podcast with optimistic hopes and have been gratified by the response. Our aim is to support and advance the compliance mission to bring new ideas and innovation and hopefully provide some helpful insights to the compliance practitioners. Again, thank you, uh, everyone, very much, and I appreciate all of the support. So in the spirit of reflection, I thought I would be, it would be helpful to take a step back and let's talk about where we are, what, we, what uh, ethics and compliance has achieved, and important trends in the industry and the political and social environment uh, as a way to looking towards the future. Um, I look at the issue with a lot of humility, but also with optimism, a lot of uh, hope, and people who know me know that I'm a positive person and try to always be. Um, As always, nothing in life is really black and white. Uh, Compliance has come a long way over the last 10 years, but it still has a ways to go until it's really firmly embedded into the corporate governance landscape. In the end, I'm confident that compliance will continue to rise as a profession, continue to stand as our best hope for reducing corporate misconduct on the front lines. But while we enjoy economic growth right now, uh, and it's not really, it's a positive economy, but uh, it also is a disparate uh, with disparities uh, in terms of the distribution of wealth, uh, compliance uh, is, is still uh, gaining in importance, uh, but the true test, I think, will come for compliance when corporations are under stress, when our economy may blip downward, and when corporate scandals begin to raise their heads, against, heads again. I want to examine a few c- current issues, offer some comments, uh, and hope to hear from you if there's anything that uh, you feel Uh, strongly about or you have any comments in terms of uh, my observations. So I'm going to focus today on the profession, technology and new frameworks, government enforcement trends, congressional mandates for compliance, uh, and and of course intra-organization cooperation and resources. When it comes to the compliance profession, there's no question, and I know I will repeat myself, but compliance is by far and away the hottest profession today. Uh, Companies have quickly realized the positive value of ethics and compliance far beyond the traditional notion of just preventing legal enforcement actions. Uh, Compliance adds to the bottom line. This is not uh, a universally held opinion, but there is more writing, research, and discussion uh, that supports this viewpoint. While this is all positive, though, I still am observing companies Uh, that are slow to embrace the compliance message, especially in unregulated manufacturing industries. Regulated industries like banks, drug and device companies, and others are more likely to embrace the compliance message uh, than those unregulated companies. In the latter, it really has more to do with the CEO and senior leadership team. 
if the CEO sees the value of compliance, this will filter to the organization. Compliance is also now moving way past traditional notions of the lawyer to a multifaceted uh, discipline, uh, combining audit, statistical, management, and organizational research, legal economics, human resource strategies, and information technology, of course. Compliance professionals are developing their own subject matter expertise when it comes to design and implementation of compliance controls, coordination with internal functions, monitoring of the compliance program, and measuring of compliance per program performance. One of the accelerators of compliance is technology, not the oft-repeated phrases of artificial intelligence, blockchain, and other down-the-road integrated technologies, but the here-and-now advance of automation. In my view, automation is a rapid accelerator. Uh, there, are many multiple, there are many vendors out there who have brought successful automated solutions to the marketplace, and these are definitely having a tangible impact on compliance performance and replacing paper-dominated uh, paper programs with automated platforms. This trend is going to continue, and I think it should be at the top of every compliance officer's to-do list. No longer can compliance programs rely on these you know, outdated paper programs, emailing documents, storage of information on SharePoint, or some other document repository. We have to look at a new compliance dashboard and a new compliance uh, uh, platform for automation. Now look, artificial intelligence and blockchain are definitely incredible tools and will be incredible accelerators down the road for the for basic compliance programs. But those technologies are at least five years off for rapid acceptance. Uh, and at that point it may become they may become an accessible or widely used technology. Until then, companies have to automate as much as possible and integrate those automated functions into a convenient dashboard for monitoring and measuring purposes. With the advent of automation comes another important change in perspective. Proactive compliance programs based on real-time monitoring with intervention and remediation strategies designed to focus on preventing potential misconduct. If compliance officers are able to implement automated programs and calibrate such programs to real-time monitoring or data delivery, Companies can use data analytics and monitoring rules then to develop proactive strategies to monitor compliance program performance. Gone will be the days when retrospective auditing against compliance rules will be used as a quote-unquote monitoring technique, close quote, uh, and which is based primarily on historical analysis. We're slowly moving to a new framework of proactive, real-time, or let's call it close-in-time, monitoring. When it comes to government enforcement, we're looking into the crystal ball. The Justice Department's aggressive enforcement programs, including the FCPA and other criminal prosecution strategies, especially money laundering, are likely to continue. In the FCPA area, we will see continued increases in individual prosecutions as the enforcement program matures. I always point to the antitrust division's uh, uh, 
uh, enforcement program on cartels, which continues to stand as a model for global enforcement, coordination among international uh, enforcement agencies, and the bringing of cases against companies and a large number of individuals, where on average three individuals are prosecuted for every company that pleads guilty and cooperates. The Justice Department is going to continue to rely on deferred prosecution agreements and non-prosecution agreements to reward uh, cooperating companies, along with a reduction in fine amounts. The new corporate enforcement policy, first started for the FCPA but now expanded, is firmly grounded. I think it's going to work well and it's going to continue. Obviously, there'll be blips up and down with regard to the application of the policy, but for, for the most part, we're, this policy is probably going to stay in place for the years to come. To the extent controversies arise, those will incur in the single case resolutions where critics may complain about lenient punishment or, let's say, overly broad uh, or overly aggressive uh, enforcement. Criminal prosecutions of sanctions cases will definitely increase since sanctions continues to play an important role in our foreign policy, and coordination between OFAC and the Justice Department is beginning to resemble the Justice Department and the SEC's coordination in foreign bribery cases. One important warning for DOJ, however, as DOJ continues to outsource its investigations to outside counsel hired by companies and as the number of individual criminal cases increase, we are likely to see, as I predicted years ago, an increase in judicial resistance to outside counsel tactics in conducting internal investigations and the potential for trampling on individuals' constitutional rights. In other words, corporate outside counsel will be judged as agents for federal prosecutors, and courts will slowly put in restrictions, express displeasure, like we just saw out of the Eastern District of New York with the chief justices, the chief judge's opinion in a case there, uh, in the conduct of these investigations by holding outside counsel accountable as prosecutors and agents of the government. Uh, this is a trend where the thoughts are, the ideas are out there, uh, the circumstances are getting closer and closer, and where that would have a direct role is, for example, if an employee uh, uh, confesses to uh, participation in a crime in an internal, internal investigation, whether or not that statement could be used in, in a criminal prosecution against that individual will depend upon treating the circumstances of the statement under uh, potential custodial interrogation analysis, under Miranda, or uh, under uh, voluntariness uh, examination as well. So there are lots of issues that can come up in this context, and uh, stay tuned because I think that's going to be one important trend so long as the Justice Department continues to uh, outsource uh, much of its criminal prosecution work when it has to do with regard to companies. So let's talk about what's going to happen with Congress. Um, while our economy is relatively positive, although with large uh, economic disparities, like I mentioned, Congress is under no pressure to address corporate misconduct. When the next corporate scandal arises, resulting real or perceived, uh, you know, an economic harm, it is likely that Congress will look into its toolbox like it has in the past 
for example, Sarbanes-Oxley when auditing failures occurred, and Dodd-Frank when there was selling of overvalued new securities and collateralized uh, products. My prediction is that Congress will look to legislate in a new area, compliance. This will mean taking compliance programming, program requirements, detailing them in legislation, and then holding companies accountable for failing to implement effective compliance programs. Keep your eye on Congress because there will be more and more interest in compliance solutions since compliance is viewed as the first line of defense against corporate misconduct. Congressional Congress is going to have to have something that they can point to as a response to the next economic downfall or examples of uh, corporate misconduct. And the best way they can do that is by passing legislation to say, here's your compliance program requirements. You better do this or else there will be penalties involved. Uh, So the political may hit the reality. And with all this guidance and writing on compliance, There's plenty of information out there for congressional staff to start to draft legislation uh, in this area. Well, that's a quick look at trends these days. Uh, Appreciate it. Uh, Again, thank you again for all your support for the the, uh, podcast. Uh, Keep supporting the blog, uh, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and we appreciate all that. And so we'll be back with another topic in the next week. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve 